the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. How are you doing this morning? Last trading day of the year. We've got money, we've got investing, we've got retirement. We've got the last day of the year. Kind of playing around with us right now. Um, We're getting closer and closer to the Trump presidency. And Wall Street's trying to figure that out a little bit. Uh, I think to be fair, I think we're all trying to figure it out a little bit. On one day you get President Obama, uh, Barack Obama throwing big time sanctions at Russia. The following day you get Putin saying, you know, we're not going to do anything. We're going to wait t- for Trump. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh. Um, not everyone's on the same page, are they? So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. If you want to wish me a happy new year, I will wish you one. Um, it's that time of year where you should have hopefully sent in your IRS tax payments if you had any. It's that time of year that you should um, start thinking about you know, maxing out your 401k, your 403b, your 457 next year if you did it this year. Uh, I think that would make for a good New Year's resolution. Uh, if you could pull it off. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. A little bit of computer problems this morning. Probably shouldn't have come on as fast as I did. Uh, Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton for a quick segment. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. He's with NewFocusFinancial.com. He manages wealthy clients. You can find out more at NewFocusFinancial.com. The American workplace is getting older and grayer. Two-thirds of Americans between the age of 45 and 60 plan to delay retirement. That's up from 42% just two years ago. That's pretty alarming to me, Chad. Oh, it's going to be so exponentially bad in the next 10 years, Rob. And 
people are delaying retirement for obvious reasons. Um, a lot of middle-aged Americans, they drew down their savings during the lean years, and they have to rebuild their savings. Um, there's so many ramifications here. An older workforce, you may want to stay, but you may not be able to stay. An older workforce is hurting the people in their 20s who are coming out of college with twenty. $7,000 in debt, not being able to get jobs, no wage inflation because there's competition for jobs. The ramifications are enormous. Well, and part of it, too, is just not that a lot of people retire, they don't feel like they have the security because in the past you could go put half your money in CDs and bonds and and get 55 to 6.5% just systematic income, right, without a whole heck of a lot of risk. Well, the deleveraging around the world has caused you know, central banks to print money and buy their own government bonds, and it's got interest rates you know, at, at historical lows. So that has really negatively affected our seniors. It's negatively affected pension plans that can't increase their payouts with inflation, and it's going to negatively affect Social Security. So it's, 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 it's a tough scenario to retire, even though we're enjoying really low tax brackets. It's, it's, a, it's a much harder endeavor right now. There's a positive for like the utility industry, which is, facing disruptive skill shortages when older workers retire. A lot of people don't want to work for utility companies. It's, quote, unquote, beneath them. Um, so keep them there. That's great. But at the same time, senior employees can be expensive for companies. I wouldn't want to hire a senior because it's it as a small business owner, it jacks up your health insurance because the average age of the employees go higher. Um, on top of it, you know, they demand a little more salary. Those silly old people demanding a competitive wage. <laughs> well, you know, with some of the small businesses that aren't required to have a plan as we move into 2014, yeah. when the Affordable Care Act is fully implemented, there may be businesses that just say, you know what, here's a small raise, go out to the exchanges that each state are going to create, get your health insurance on your own. Maybe that problem will, you know, somehow be solved. However, it'll come back to bite us in the form of higher taxes. And ultimately, uh, again, the ramifications on you know teenage kids coming out of college or starting college and going to college, it's hurting them. And you know who spends money in our economy are people in their 20s. Mm-hmm. So if they don't have jobs because the old people are, are hogging the jobs, it's just another reason to hate an old person. Yeah, and you know all these things that we talk about can cause investors to be depressed about the concept or the idea of investing in stocks. But you know the S P 500 has half of its revenue or more coming from overseas and the emerging markets, just China alone that has you know 13 to 15 million people every year moving from farms to cities to become consumers, um, don't be depressed in terms of investing and make sure you think very globally in terms of opportunity. What we're talking about is very U.S.-centric, where U.S. has kind of gone the way of what Japan did over the last decade. Now, keeping older Americans in the workforce in of itself is a great thing because you expand the labor pool to draw upon. But the reasons people are staying in the workforce is the sad part. And, you know, I, my best friend, his his parents both worked in the CIA, and they had amazing pensions. And they still have amazing pensions. And my dad worked in the United States Army, and he had an amazing pension. You and I don't really have that option. Um, our generation, we don't see a lot of our friends with amazing pensions. No, you have to do it on your own. And now it has to be a mindset of always accumulating assets instead of liabilities and always accumulate assets that – that pay you currently, whether that's stocks with dividends or positive cash flow real estate, you have to think of accumulation now and being responsible for your own retirement. So one idea about staying in retirement is you stop, well, well, you keep money coming in. When people retire, the money stops coming in and they have to live off what they have, plus Social Security, and Social Security is not that much. Keeping money coming in, 
when I get to the point, Chad, I think I'm always going to want money coming in. I'm always going to want, whether it's passive income from investments mm-hmm. or whether it's, you know, me going over to the neighbor's house and fixing their plumbing. And that's not an innuendo for anything. It's just <laughs> me going over and fixing their plumbing. Um, I don't want to get on someone's roof because I'll fall and die. But, you know, I've got some basic carpenter skills. I've got, I've got a pretty cool set of tools. Good. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be the handyman you, you of the neighborhood, right? You don't really believe me, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. But are you going to try to stay with some active income? Or, are you, or, or do you think there's a day where you're done? Um, I don't think I'll ever be done. You know, it's funny because in this business, even though a lot of times clients become friends, so you, you, you're used to seeing it. It's a matter of transitioning your business, and I already have you know, kids that are interested in the business. So I'll probably have... That so is not going to happen. It, it will. I guarantee it. I'm going to um, have... My buyout, it's going to be triple. <laughs> triple to quadruple or higher. Okay, okay. But I think I'll be involved in it some way, shape, or form. I want to know that I can quit, but I also want to know that I can continue if I if I so see fit. But there's got to be an end. If you're an older person in a business, realize that once you probably hit your 70s and 80s, the younger people are probably more comfortable to have you eventually actually exit (laughs) so no matter how much you like to think that you're wanted just know that tell your children that i'm gonna put the company up for sale and it's going to the highest bidder (laughs) it's gonna be greed is good gordon gecko it is it's gonna get nasty in about 30 years it's gonna get real nasty that's cfp chad burton you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com one day his children will be running the company newfocusfinancial.com Good news and bad news. It's uh, a full trading day. The bad news of that is that there's not much happening. So it's just a lot of tape watching. All three markets are down slightly. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Old time hockey. Like it is sure. Your San Jose Barracuda hockey update. Joining me now to talk a little hockey. Friday Ice Report. San Jose Barracuda voice. Nick Nolenberger. Nick, how are you? Good. How you doing, Rob? It's a good uh, month of December for the Barracuda. Has it not been? Oh, it's been, yeah, the team's playing uh, probably the best hockey they've played all season long. Um, wins in three straight, points in six straight. We're actually now seven straight and uh, points in uh, 11 of the last 12 games and um, sitting now in uh, third place in the Pacific Division. So uh, I think everybody's feeling pretty good about themselves right now. Sounds good. What was the turnaround, or is it just getting into the season and kind of figuring out uh, the plays and figuring out you know strengths and weaknesses? Well, you know, I think um, th- there was a lot of talk within the Sharks organization. Uh, we've talked about it before, too. Um, three or four years ago, there was kind of an overall consensus that the uh, the farm system needed to be built up. There wasn't enough talent, young talent. Um, 
So older aging veterans uh, were, were traded away to acquire young talent and, and, and draft picks. And um, there was a lot of momentum and excitement heading into this year. They knew there was going to be a talented group. Um, it's just I think sometimes with young guys that are, you know, uh, not much older than, than 20 to 21 years old, it, it takes a little bit of time to mesh. Uh, just for, for a lot of players, it's their first year in pro hockey, so it just takes a little bit to adjust the pro game to bigger physical guys, faster guys. So I think it was more of a situation where it just took the guys a little bit to get going. It just took a little bit to get comfortable with one another, comfortable with the level, uh, comfortable with the league, and, and now it's just starting to come together. You knew the talent was there. Um, it was just uh, about meshing and, and coming together as a group, and um, I think they're getting to that point. Um, I'm biased. I watch these guys every day, but I think this group, talent-wise, is uh, there's as much talent um, on the Barracuda as there are any team uh, in the American Hockey League. And, you know, the sky's really the limit for these guys. And if they can uh, uh, continue to put it together, you know, again, there's, there's the, a lot of untapped potential. And, and uh, where they could go, it, it, there's, there's no saying. Uh, the talent is, is off the charts with these guys. Our listeners can get tickets to upcoming games at sjbarracuda.com. It's sjbarracuda.com. There's nothing like live hockey in person. Second best is listening to on the radio. You are the voice. We've got a game coming up, um, a Friday home-and-home game, home-and-away game with Bakersfield Condor. So Saturday, December 31st, New Year's Eve, people can see the Bakersfield Condors here at SAP Center in San Jose. Then there's a game coming up against the San Antonio Rampage on the 4th Wednesday, on the 6th Friday. Uh, so there's plenty of home games coming up in the near term. People can go get tickets at sjbarracuda.com. Now, the goaltending seems to have been a nice uh, uh, piece of, of winning in the last couple of weeks. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. George Grosnick uh, got to start on Wednesday against Bakersfield, a weird kind of situation where the Barracuda and Condors play each other three times in four nights, two out here in Bakersfield. Um, again, tonight uh, we'll drop the puck at 7 o'clock, and then the two clubs will play up north at SAP, as you mentioned, uh, tomorrow. But, yeah, it starts with the goaltending, the reason why the team has had as much success as they had. Troy Grosnick's really been kind of the guy. Um, this is his fourth year. It's been a big uh, turning point. We've talked about it before, too. It's, you know, this is a, this is a big uh, opportunity for him. It's a contract year for him, and he's played some of the best hockeys in the top ten in both uh, goals against and save percentage of the league leads the league in shutouts. And then you got a guy in his uh, first year in North America in Montes Armalis who uh, six foot three, he's 215 pounds, fits the bill as a professional NHL-type goaltender. Um, it took him a little bit to get going because he's adjusting to the, you know, to the North American game, but um, he's fit right into. And when you have depth uh, at the goaltending position, um, you got all of a sudden everything seems to kind of work and, and the, the wind starts to pile up, and that's exactly what's going on right now. Sounds good. Anything uh, as far as Goldoblin? I've seen that he's had a, a bit of a point streak going on for the Barracuda. I think he's my most favorite player at this point in time, in large part because it's tough to say his name. Uh, but he's also just a raw talent. It's fun to watch. Yeah, well, I was talking to Roy, uh, Roy Stoppin, head coach of the Barracuda, just the other day. and um, He was kind of joking around. It's, uh, you almost forget uh, how much talent the guy has and the type of skill he has. Uh, he has world-class ability. That's why he's a first-round draft pick a couple years ago. But um, he had a stretch where he didn't score for 14 games, um, and I think he was a little bit frustrated. The confidence was a little bit low. And uh, he, now he's got uh, four goals in his last five games, goals in three straight. He's got back-to-back games with multi-point games. He was the first star in the last two games. So, you know, when it rains, it pours. When you start scoring a couple goals and the confidence 
starts to roll, um, you know, it's it, for for a guy like Goldobin, it's uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. And um, the depth of Barracuda have is uh, it's definitely uh, it, it's it, it's really a, a great asset to have. But if you can get a guy like Goldobin going, um, he he can just kind of lead your team, and, and you know, he can almost will you to victory at times. So you're in a good position for the playoffs. We are starting to come into what I call the second season of hockey. And tell me if I'm wrong here, but first season of hockey is pre-Christmas. Second season is basically post-Christmas until the uh, playoffs. And then third season is the best season, the playoffs. Um, this is where games start becoming a little bit more gritty, a little bit nastier. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're kind of seeing it right now as we, as we play Bakersfield. It's uh, we, three games and four nights against one team. It's a weird situation where you almost have a playoff series in the middle of the regular season. We saw some chippiness and, and some frustration boiling over from a, a Bakersfield team that hadn't won a game in, in six straight and the San Jose team that was rolling. And yeah, I think the, the uh, chippiness and, and the edge um, type of a game is going to continue. Um, you know, these are, these are guys that are fighting for jobs. These are guys who want to prove that they're, that they're uh, ready to make the NHL leap. And they also want to help their team win. So, um, you know, they're going to put it on the line. That's the fun thing about the American Hockey League. It's a little bit different than the NHL. You know, there's there's more of that extra stuff, more that, uh, you know, there's more fights and there's more of maybe that little uh, grit and sandpaper type game just because these are guys that are fighting for jobs and trying to stick uh, in professional hockey. And it's definitely fun to watch. And, uh, it can lead to some good little rivalries and, and good little matchups. Thanks very much, Nick. I'll post this up on Facebook to do a copy as well. Good luck with uh, Bakersfield Condors and uh, New Year's Eve. That should be a fun game at the SAP Center because uh, uh, we like to party on the on the peninsula, so to speak. So a couple <laughs> games coming up. People can sign up, and thanks very much. It's uh, You can find out more at sjbarracuda.com. It's sjbarracuda.com. I'd love to go see the Condors on the 31st, uh, the Barracuda and the Condors. It's just a, a nice way to start your your. Uh, New Year's Eve. Then there's home games coming up uh, January 4th, January 6th, the Wednesday of Friday. Uh, then they get the Tucson Roadrunners coming in on Saturday the 7th. So uh, schedules favoring the, the home tilts for the beginning of January, and then they go on a long road stretch uh, late in January. So a good time to see them is right here right now. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. As you can see, we can also talk about um, uh, hockey. So hockey's a, a affordable family fun sport uh, on the AHL level. The Barracuda are the AHL team of um, the San Jose Sharks. So you'll see a lot of the, the, the team players from the Barracuda get called up, especially when there's injuries and or scenarios that call for it, whether it's good play uh, from the Barracuda or some Slow down up at the team in the NHL. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial.
800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So with the end of the year, obviously becomes the start of a new year, 2017. Remember many, many, many years ago when you're like, oh, the year 2000, it's going to be crazy cool, all the technology, and well, it's okay. Um, so it's going to be a happy new year for a lot of Americans starting in two days when they go to work. So a lot of the lowest paid workers are raising their minimum wage. 19 states, including New York and California, are going to ring in the year with an increase in minimum wage. California is going to see its wage go to $10.50 for businesses with 26 or more employees. New York State is taking a regional approach with the wage rising to $11 in New York City and $10.50 for small businesses in the city, $10 to its downstate suburbs, and $9.70 elsewhere. So that's interesting of note, but 19 states. So there's going to be more people making a little bit more money, and that helps our economy uh, because people tend to spend it. Now, if you want to go out and have a nice New Year's Eve, bring in the New Year with your sugar booger, it's going to be more expensive than you thought if you have kids at home. So there's plenty of affordable options for the big night out, wallethub.com found that 83% of those celebrating expect to spend less than $200. Um, They don't recommend staying home with the cats and pouring yourself a a glass of sparkling grape juice uh, just to save a few bucks. But kids, a night out, it ain't cheap. The most expensive cities for babysitting, um, it's kind of what you would expect. Uh, L.A., New York, Washington, Miami, San Francisco, San Jose. But the winner, the, the highest cost of babysitting is the Portland-Vancouver area at sixteen sixty-five an hour. Not bad. Uh, just to show you once again the, the way inflation works. I remember when I was a kid and I would babysit, I got five an hour and it felt like I was robbing parents. Because uh, all I did was play with their kids. So I know, I know. You're saying you are a babysitter too. You are the complete man. I'm in love with you. I know, I know. Both men and women uh, want to be me. So, um, for obvious reasons. So eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. 2017. What does it hold for us? Um, well, clearly a lot of focus on a new president, and clearly a lot of focus on a new president who's promised to shake things up. Shake it up, shake it up. Not like that, but you get the idea. Um, there's a great deal of recalibration that is happening in stocks at this point in time as they rallied 10% on average. Infrastructure plays and cyclicals and financials have climbed more. The global consumer product companies and dividend plays have lagged as bonds have tanked while rates have uh, spiked. There's the beginning of the end feeling of will the markets be able to rally for four years or will we start seeing some um, kind of negatives start to pop back up? Um, some realities, I guess, is the right way of saying it. 
So there's some market themes that are going to be true. Rates are going to rise. That's one thing we're going to deal with for sure. Um, how much though? If Trump gets his way and he gets a trillion dollars to throw at infrastructure, I think rates will rise four times in 2017. So now we know that rates will rise is the theme of 2017, just like it was a theme for 2016 where the Federal Reserve was supposed to raise rates four times, and they didn't. They didn't raise them once. So it's a bit of a groundhog's day. Will there be enough consumer confidence? Will there be enough spending? Will there be enough employment to continue to have the economy crack into areas of inflation? One theme that we also should be working with, and again, as interest rates rise, things like your home will become less affordable when you come time to sell it. Um, you know, a, the dividend bubble, will it pop? Because suddenly there will be an ability to go get a bond that's getting 2 to 3% versus a stock getting 2 to 3% yield. Taxes will fall. That's going to be a big theme of 2017. Um, how much? How fast? Uh, what are the proposals for personal corporate? It's impossible to say because we're not there yet. So how much of it will affect the economy? Uh, I know that if I paid less in taxes, I'd probably spend a, a little bit more. So that's helpful. Um, it's likely that taxes will be cut for wealthier Americans the most. The max rate would cut from 39.6% down to 33%. The other two rates would be 25% and 12%. So uh, markets are not going to be open again until the 3rd as they get the 2nd of January is a national holiday celebrating New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. So Washington will most likely cut corporate taxes from 35%. Trump has called for 15% and 10% for foreign earnings. There would be offsets in theory to make up for that. Um, so companies that have 2.5 trillion stashed in cash in overseas markets. So you have Microsoft and GE that both have more than 100 billion overseas. You've got Apple that has 90 billion. You've got Pfizer that has 80 billion. Um, you would see these stocks do well. Um, would it benefit shareholders if they're repatriated at 10%? You'd probably see stock buybacks, maybe one-time dividends. Uh, now, again, how much of that will also have to go to fund infrastructure? Probably a good deal. It's, it's a shame that President Barack Obama wasn't able to do anything with that money overseas, and he wasn't willing to budge on corporate taxes because it, it could have helped the economy. It's a lot of money sitting there doing nothing. Energy is going to be a big story next year. Domestic energy production in particular is a bit of a sweet spot as it's not considered stimulative, but it also fits Trump's America first, not Persian Gulf countries. Um, we have a first-rate energy sector, and Trump's going to take the handcuffs, handcuffs off of it, so says uh, some of his advisors like Larry Kudlow. So energy stocks should be considered positive. Names like Pioneer, Natural Resources, Contra Resources, Diamondbacked Energy... Uh, companies that do fracking, Halliburton, Fairmont Santel, Neighbors, Patterson. Uh, Energy is going to be a big story in 2017. IPOs will be big and sexy in 2017 in large part because they weren't in 2016. 
So 2016 had the smallest number of IPOs since 2009. Um, so it's a weak year for IPOs when you see names like Twilio and Line and Valvoline as some of the sexier names. So 2017, we'll see Snap. It'll see Uber, likely, Airbnb, Vice, Palantir, Pinterest, and Spotify, just to name a few. So will you get an allocation as an IPO? Probably not. Another big theme of 2017 will be defense stocks should get all fired up. This is a bit tricky because a lot of saber-rattling from nations and from President-elect Donald Trump, you know, He's also bashed Boeing and Lockheed Martin, but he says, we're going to win the war in ISIS, and uh, we're going to have an anticipated military buildup. So you can't have everything. That's going to be the problem with the Trump administration. Um, you know, Air Force One was being built for less, um, so Boeing's not thrilled about that. Lockheed Martin got criticized for their F-35, but Boeing and Lockheed Martin, as well as Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, General Dynamics um, and some ETFs like ITA, XAR, all should do well under President Trump. China's going to be interesting as a theme in 2017. Um, in large part, they've got brutal real estate markets, red-hot real estate markets, and higher interest rates would affect them. An 800-square-foot apartment in Hong Kong in a good area was going for $1.9 million recently 800 square foot apartment so a lot of the world has some real estate issues that are tied towards low interest rates so we're going to continue to watch china because one of the areas if they do have any slowdown economically it'll have a ramification into it'll have a ripple effect into their housing which will have a ripple effect into their banking so be wary of china in 2017 so says, uh, so says my, uh, how shall I say this? So says my uh, fortune cookie, right? Uh, thank you very much. So those are the themes of 2017, in my opinion. Uh, interest rates rising, new president, taxes falling, uh, energy uh, likely to move higher. IPOs, we're going to see some sexy ones. I'm particularly interested in seeing how like a Spotify does. Uh, defense stocks are going to be in fuego. Uh, and then you also get China. Uh, and how does China and ramifications happen? Notice I didn't really put Brexit in there. Uh, clearly other big issues could come up like terrorism, uh, which we hope won't, but it always could. Qualcomm's in the news today. They settled a patent dispute in China, Germany, France, and the United States. Um, what else is there going on out there? China announced a new plan to try to dampen the dollar's influence and driving the yuan. Effective tomorrow, China will be expanding the number of currencies its yuan basket to 24 from 13. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. It's easy to get complacent about retirement planning when the stock market is soaring to record highs. But it's a marathon, not a sprint. And if you want to win the race, you need to take the right steps along the way. On January 14th, learn winning strategies from Rob Black and Chad Burton at back-to-back events in Berkeley. A morning session will focus on building your wealth. From 10 till noon, Rob Black shows you the building blocks of a successful portfolio. From investing basics to 401k, Roth IRA, real estate, and tax tips. Want to know if you're on the right track? The morning session is for you. 
Those at or near retirement will want the afternoon session where certified financial planner Chad Burton focuses on retirement income strategies. From 1 to 3, he'll explain how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, and much more. And get estate planning tips for 2017 from attorney Michelle Lerman. That's Saturday, January 14th, two seminars at the Doubletree by Hilton, Berkeley Marina. Sign up for either event today at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks so much for listening to the show this year and every year. I've been doing this now for 20 years almost. I think 20 years is exactly the number that I'm just closing up on. I'll have to take a look at that, but I think I started in 96. Um, I've been an investment advisor. I've worked with certified financial planners. I love what I do. Um, I get to work in radio and television and help people get to retirement. I do my very best. It doesn't always translate, uh, but I do my very, very best to give you good, solid information. Um, I want you to do things right. I want you to get to retirement. I want you to... Uh, understand that money's not evil. Making money is a smart thing to do because, yeah, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you don't think about your 60s and 70s. Um, as a guy who's worked in the industry from an investment advisor to working directly with CFPs, I can tell you that your 70s are going to be pretty financially important to you. So I want to do a lot of wealth creation. I want to get you wealthy so that you have options, um, if that makes sense. Um, if I can get you wealthy, then we can get you to the point where you don't have to live in a trailer. You don't have to stay at home and watch, uh, Oprah Winfrey reruns all day long. So to get you wealthy, we got to work on your investing. We got to work on your taxes. We got to work on maybe your business, but there's a concept called wealth creation that you really, um, need to, to focus in on. Um, and, Wealth creation could start at a very young age. How young? Eight years old. Um, if you've got an eight-year-old kid who just saw the Disney Star Wars film, consider going to something like buyandhold.com or TD Ameritrade and just buying one share of Disney. Um, consider it. I'm not telling you to do it. But that'll help raise a, sm- a smart money kid. So, you know, how do you approach money? How do you practice money? How do you, you know, what skills are involved with money? You need to show your kid some of that stuff. Um, so on Christmas, uh, I tend to go out and do at the end of the day, at the end of the day, not at the beginning of the day, but at the end of the day, 
Uh, me and a couple friends tend to go to a casino and gamble a little bit. Um, I'm really good at single uh, deck blackjack, and I won $500 the other day. And what I did with that money was I instantly put it back into the bank account because $500 in my cash in my pocket is a bad habit. And showing kids bad habits will teach them, like, oh, you can just pull out a $100 bill and pay for anything you want. So you need to start at a very young age. Um, so whether it's a piggy bank, literally, uh, you know, some people have a, a, a life hack where they save any change that they get. So if they go spend 20 bucks on lunch and they get, you know, $8 back, they put that $8 aside in a piggy bank, essentially. That's not a bad idea. Um, financial decisions aren't always cut and dry. You know, you have to teach that to a kid. And whether it's baseball cards or Pokemon cards or what have you, um, you know, learning to price, learning to negotiate, learning the opportunity, telling your kids, you know, if you give me five baseball cards, I'll give you $2, you can kind of teach them some skills and see where, you know, they'll go with it and or not. So I, I think getting your kids involved with a single stock is a great idea. Because there's something called annual reports that companies put together. And for instance, if your kid's a little bit of a jock, buy them shares of Nike. And then read the annual report on Nike. And talk to your child about Nike and the mechanics of it and the benefits of investing. And show them if you had invested $100 10 years ago or $100 20 years ago or $100 30 years ago, how much it would be. So take care of your pennies, your nickels, your dimes. There's nothing that should be thrown away. There's nothing that should be considered not worth saving. Um, in my opinion, if you want to go as far as to set up a spreadsheet to show your kid how much they saved of their allowance, um, I know a good friend of mine, he makes his kids save 10% into savings and 10% into tithing or gifting to the church. Um, so they get 80% of their, their allowance, which I think is okay. Um, and, you know, if you show your kid, you know, uh, suddenly they got one share of Nike, one share of Disney, and they've saved 10% of their allowance, show them at the end of the year how much they saved. You know, maybe you give them access to it, maybe you don't. Uh, I don't think there's a right way to, to approach that, but I, I think it's really, really important that, you know, some of these things you should do for yourself, you should have a balance sheet, uh, a spreadsheet that shows how much you've put in in January and, you know, you're into the year. It's end of the year now, so I do some funny things. Like, I do go through all my energy bills. I do go through and I, I, I look at what I spent and my vacations and things like that. A penny saved is a penny earned. Um, you know, I know people that reuse water after... Uh, you know, showering. You know, they catch the water in the in a bucket and they water their flowers with it. I think that's great because you know, suddenly that one penny of water you just use for a shower is suddenly spread twice, so you get twice as much value out of it. Um, you know, my mother reused wrapping paper. Uh, she tried to use reuse aluminum foil. So anyway, with all that said, I do want to say again, thank you so much for listening this year. I wildly appreciate it. I know it's you have a choice. I know it's not easy at times. Sometimes my shows are really funny and bright, and sometimes they're just discouraging. So with that said, I want to, again, thank everyone, and I super appreciate it, and look forward to a good 2017. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.